Baptism is a burial. That just says it all. When your beloved dog dies and you have to bury it in the backyard, you do not dump it in a hole, sprinkle some dirt on it, and call it a day. You don't pour a cup of dirt on the old girl either. When you have to bury a dead thing, you cover it. Everybody knows this. So why do people keep trying to dump a cup of water on someone's head and call it a baptism? First of all, dictionaries are stupid. But the way people use them is often even stupider. You don't find meaning in a dictionary. You find usage. Meaning is found in context. Dictionaries don't know the context of the word you're trying to use, so it can't help you with that. All a dictionary can do is tell you, here is the word that you looked up, and here are the different ways that word is commonly used. It's up to you to use the word in a way that makes sense. If you look up the word hot, for example, in the dictionary, there are no less than 12 different options to choose from, all of which I will now list. Number one, hot, having a relatively high temperature, as in hot and humid weather. Number two, marked by violence or fierceness, as in a hot temper. Number three, sexually excited or receptive, as in he's got the hots for her. Number four, physically attractive, as in that bald guy with a beard is really hot. Number five, newly released, as in hot off the press. Number six, very bright, as in a hot pink color. Number seven, spicy, as in a hot chili pepper. Number eight, news of great interest, as in hot gossip. Number nine, in great demand, as in a hot name in show business. Number 10, something illegally obtained, as in hot jewelry. Number 11, denoting health, as in not feeling too hot. And finally, number 12, increasingly successful, as in on a hot streak. If you say to me, I am hot, what do you mean? Let's say I'm a person who does not speak English fluently, and I hear you say, I am hot. I don't know what you mean, so what can I do? I can't just go to the dictionary and look up the word, because I'll be faced with 12 different options. Are you warm to the touch? Are you newly released? Are you illegally obtained? I have no idea what you mean. So then you have to keep talking. And as I listen, you say, I am hot because that person made me very angry. Now I have context. Now I can know that you are the second definition. You have a hot temper right now. The dictionary didn't give me the meaning of the word. It gave me a way in which you used the word. And together with the additional context, I learned what you meant. Now what about baptism? We can go to the dictionary, and even if we limit the definitions to the procedure of administering baptism in a religious context, we still get a variety of options. Option one, baptism, submersing someone in water. Number two, sprinkling water on a person's head. Number three, pouring water on a person. When someone asks to be baptized, we can go to the dictionary, but all we'll find are three very different ways to do it. So what do we do? We don't find meaning in a dictionary. We need context to find meaning. The context for baptism is the New Testament, when baptism was first commanded to those who wished to have a relationship with Jesus. In that case, we find it was a burial in water. Romans 6, done to people who had repented of their sins, Acts 2.38, and who wished to be saved, 1 Peter 3.21. So where did the idea of sprinkling or pouring come from? It's in the dictionary, which means enough people did it for Webster and company to include it. 
Why? Well, first of all, if enough people said that baptism was standing in a puddle of water and whistling Dixie, then Webster would have included it in the list. That's their job. The dictionary is not there to teach doctrine, but to inform readers of the consensus usage of words. If enough people used baptism to mean shouting Jesus' name, then that would be added to the list. The dictionary does not define our doctrine, though. The Bible does. The Bible uses the word baptism to describe a penitent person being buried in water for their sins to be washed away. And if you want to be baptized according to Webster, there's a lot of ways to do it. But if you want to be baptized according to the Holy Spirit, there's only one way that matters. The notion of sprinkling or pouring as a substitute for burying started in the 2nd century when people on their deathbeds asked to be baptized without the physical means to be immersed in water, and preachers compromised Bible doctrine and began pouring water on such ones and just saying, good enough. And in time, the practice became an acceptable alternative and eventually the preferred method. I believe in the Bible. If you come to me wanting to be baptized, expect me to dip you in the water. And if for some reason you are physically unable to be buried in the water, then expect me to follow up with you until you are physically able. Why? Because Bible baptism is a burial. And while I've got you on the phone, if you want to subscribe, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash Matthew-Martin 414. I've got uh, free audio files here and there that I'll release every now and then, but for the most part, I put everything behind a massive giant paywall where you have to pay upwards of, I think it's 99 cents a month. So if you can, if you can manage that a dollar a month, <clears throat> that's, you know, it's not easy, but if you want to whip out a buck, then you get hundreds of audio files of all of my sermons and classes and devotionals. So it's uh, anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dash Martin 414 and hit subscribe for a buck, and you get all my hundreds and hundreds of audio files. All right, thank you.